Welcome everybody to the Great Big Yes podcast. My name is Sue Bidstrup and on this podcast I talk to people who have said yes to a greater calling on their lives. People who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. Today I am speaking with Brandy Lidbeck. Brandy and I met through being on the launch team for Jen Hatmaker's first book, or not first book, the first time we did it, For the Love. And we are on the launch team again for um, her new book that's coming out. And so Brandy and I have been in contact a lot over Facebook, and um, we have not officially um, had a conversation um, at great length. And so this is a super exciting time for us just to be able to connect in this way. Brandy is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, She has written a book. She is um, also a two-time survivor of suicide loss. And so her book is called The Gift of Second, Healing from the Impact of Suicide. This is an important conversation. It's a tough conversation, but it's one that I am just really grateful that she's willing to have. She has her website as well called thegiftofsecond.com. I'm going to put that and the ordering information for the book online at greatbigyes.com. So um, I'm just excited for you to hear from her and um, I'm grateful just for her voice in this arena. And my prayer is that people will hear this podcast and know that they're not alone and that there are resources for them and there is community for them of other survivors of suicide loss. So here's Brandy. Hi, Brandy. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, for the listeners, I just want to introduce you to Brandy Lidbeck. She is the author of The Gift of Second, Healing from the Impact of Suicide. And I am... Just thrilled that she's here and able to talk about this. Brandy is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's also a two-time survivor of suicide loss. And so, Brandy, I would just love it if you would introduce yourself and just kind of tell us, could you tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you to write this book? Sure. Um, My mom died by suicide when I was 10, and then um, my cousin, he served in Iraq and came back and excuse me, shortly after he also died by suicide. And um, it's kind of, for our family, it was kind of like, it was super devastating and life-changing, but then we kind of stopped talking about it completely. And so I didn't do much, you know, counseling or um, even talking about it with my family growing up. And um, one day, about two or three years ago, I um, was in an office just kind of talking to someone and I saw this lady in another office setting up all these signs for a, a suicide grief support loss group that night. And I was like, those things exist, and here I am, a licensed therapist, and I had no idea really? that it even existed. Yeah. And, um, and so I called the group just to say, hey, thank you for the work you're doing for others. I wish I would have had something like that when I was younger. And, um, and it wasn't even like a, hey, I'd like to come and attend. It was just like, thanks for doing that for that community right and um she said my son uh my, my ex-husband just died by suicide and my son who's 21 years old feels like he's not good enough or else his dad would have stayed here and he has no worth or value if his dad could just kill himself oh. and i fro- and i froze on the phone because that's exactly what i felt my entire life if my mom if i was more valuable or, or worthy 
then my mom wouldn't have left, and um, she would have wanted to stay here for her daughter. And so I froze on the phone thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only person that's ever had this thought or these feelings. And I thought, surely there's other people out there. We can't be the only two survivors in the world that feel this way. So the next day I started the website, which is called The Gift of Second. And I wanted it to be a place where survivors could just share their journey. And I wanted it to be a positive, encouraging place, not a, um, you know, doomsday kind of thing. Because the, it is a long journey for sure, but it's um, you can be encouraged and it's hopeful. Like, it's not the end of the end of your life, you know? And yeah. so I started this website and it just took off. It was crazy amount of visitors and people contributing. And so I started it in October of 2015. And then I thought in January, I'm going to write a book for all those people, like using my, you know, my therapy degree yeah. and then my personal experience. And I just wanted to write a book that would be the best possible resource for anybody who has experienced a suicide. And so then in one year later, October of 16, the book was out. Okay, that's awesome. Now, I just have a question for you about that phone call and about that group that was going on. Did you ever attend? I did, and then I ended up um, I ended up running that same group because the okay. the leader had to take a break, and so I ended up take like filling in for, for like six months. Okay, wow, that's awesome. So when you were going through it, when you were ten years old, mm-hmm. was so did everyone just kind of like you said you didn't really talk about it? So there wasn't any processing of it on your part in your like teen years, uh, or not really. So we, um, I was the one that found my mom, and so it was pretty traumatic to be in that house and so we sold the house within a month and we're out of there yeah so when you move obviously all the pictures come down all of the you know things get packed up and so they just never got unpacked and they never got put back up all of her belongings so it's kind of like we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about this um and then as time went on I was just so angry and anger is definitely a secondary emotion kind of behind fear and hurt yeah. So I know that I chose anger over how hurt and how devastated I really was that she she killed herself. And so I just kind of became angry and was like, I'm never going to be anything like my mom. I don't want to talk to her. If people would say, oh, you have the same mannerisms as your mom. I'd be like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't like her. I hate her. You know, I was so angry. And then it was only much, much later that I entered therapy. I was like 23. And I had to start working through that. Like, I can't be angry at her for the rest of my life. That's only destroying me. Like, I got to... I got to talk about how real the hurt is and the devastation and the the trauma of finding her and all of that. And so I started like uh, six years, I think, of therapy every week, just kind of going through all of it. Okay. Well, and then tell me about your cousin. When did he die by suicide? Yeah. So he... um, Super Bowl Sunday of 2008, he died, um, and he had been back from Iraq for maybe a year and a half or so. I'd have to look at um, mm-hmm. exactly how long he was back, but um, definitely dealing with PTSD and um, some alcoholism, yeah. and uh, he did the same, and it was so devastating to all of our family to go through this again, you know, and, um, yes. and I think soldiers aren't taken care of when they get back, and it's kind of a, a stigma to need therapy or to talk about maybe how PTSD is affecting you. And so he avoided it. And unfortunately it was too much, you know? Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, we teach, um, I teach holy yoga and we, um, one of the, we just have a heart for people that have gone through trauma. So we teach trauma sensitive holy yoga because people can kind of come to their mats and, and, and find healing from the Lord and also from just the practice of yoga and breath and all of that. But soldiers and, um, ex-military, like with PTSD are a big, um, group of people that are really seeking out that kind of healing and, there, there are a lot of tools, but what I think is interesting is just even you said, you know, you weren't really, you didn't know such a thing existed, right? Like, so it's how do we get to people for all the things, for PTSD, for just anything that they're going through or survivors of suicide, that they would be able to know what the resources are and, and not feel alone and reach out? Because I think, would you agree there's some shame attached to this? Oh, there's so much shame. I think... The good thing about the internet um, is that when I was 10, the internet wasn't even, you know, going. So yeah. uh, I, there was nothing. Unless you knew someone who knew someone who knew of something, you weren't going to find out about anything. And so now you could click, like, type on the internet, suicide survivors, and pull up a thousand different resources. And there's, um, like, a website, AFSP, which is the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, .org, and mm -hmm. they have every group in the U.S., Canada, England, Australia, where they meet, what time, what days. You could just type in your zip code or your state. Mm -hmm. uh, and it tells you everything. And I think that's a huge thing to know, that they're, you're not alone. That's such a big thing to know is you're not alone. And there's thousands of, like, Facebook groups that are for suicide survivors. Um, and I think there is such a shame and a stigma. And the idea is, like, we got to keep talking about it because secrets – and shame only stay that way because we don't talk about them. But the more we talk about it, you know, the less power it has over us. Right. Yeah. They, they say you're only as sick as your secrets, right? Once you, exactly. it's, the power goes away when you bring it into the light, for sure. Um, so tell me about the book, The Gift of Second. What, where does that title come from? <laughs> yeah. So uh, about, maybe about a year and a half ago, I wrote for a friend's, um, blog, her yeah. website, um, and it was, hey, just write a letter to your younger self. What would you say to your younger self? And so I wrote a letter to my 10-year-old self, and it was the first time I'd ever written or even thought about um, sharing the suicide. I hadn't told anybody really about the suicide. So few people knew. And um, so I wrote it, and it just said, like, I know you're angry. I know, you know, I just kind of went through everything that I remember myself feeling as a 10-year-old. Yeah. And um, it ended up being shared a gajillion times. I think it just resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And um, I kept getting this comment from different people over and over, like, you just gave, like, the gift of second. They just kept saying, this is the gift of second for anybody who goes behind you. Yeah. And I thought, what? That is true. Like, because I was, I felt like I was the first and I knew nobody. I, I was, um, I think, 23 before I met another person who had had someone die by suicide. So it was 13 years of feeling alone and like a freak. Yeah. So the idea of the gift of second is that it takes in a ton of knowledge and wisdom from hundreds of other survivors that are in this book. And the gift is we've gone there, we're there, we're on this journey, we're probably pretty far ahead of you on this journey, but we know it and we are here and you're not alone. And so the gift of going second behind us is that you have us in front of you to help you, to guide yes. you, to to lead you to be on this journey with you to know that you're not alone and that's just the idea it's like it's a horrible tragedy but the gift of going second behind people further along oh i love that 
That's Thanks. awesome. It's, it's, so it's, it's, uh, I have to explain it to everyone though. So I know <laughs> like, I, I really wondered, but now it makes sense. But I was I definitely wanted to ask you that because I wasn't sure um, what that actually meant. So I love that. So. All right, so the book is really for survivors, just, and you said it's a lot of different stories of people that have gone through this, but then it also it, offers like some practical help as well, right? Like about grief and trauma. Yeah, it does. And so there's actually no stories of anybody. There's, oh. um, there's one chapter that has um, just wisdom from other survivors. So okay. it's just like one or two sentence quotes from hundreds of other survivors, like what um, they the question posed to them was, what would you say to someone who's just starting this journey? And so they just, hundreds of people just laid out their best advice, you awesome. know, for someone just starting this journey. But um, as a therapist, and then also as someone who's personally been through this twice, um, there's chapters on, like, the grief, um, how that works, how that looks. We always kind of think that um, you should be over it in a year, you know? Like, there's, like, this year mark that society allows us to grieve, and then after that's like, oh, they're not doing well. They should be past it by now. Yeah. Um, and that's just not realistic in any, <laughs> in any form. So I talk a lot about that and triggers of like, you know, you could be five years down the road and feel like you're doing all right. And then a song comes on that reminds you of that person. And all of a sudden you're sitting in like a, a candy store bawling like a baby and having like, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, just like the triggers or birthdays or graduations. Or for me, it was, um, a week after my, my wedding, I was making a grocery list with my husband, and every idea he had for, like, meals that week, I was like, no, that's dumb. I hate that idea. <laughs> and eventually he's like, what is wrong with you? And I wasn't even thinking about it, but it just came out of my mouth is, my mom should have been at my wedding, and she wasn't. And that was, like, two weeks earlier, you know? And so oh. it came out while I'm writing a grocery list, but I just sat there and sobbed with my brand-new husband. Like, she missed my wedding even though she had died 17 years before that. And yeah. it was just a... You know, but yeah, so there's talking a lot about that. And then there's like the guilt and the shame and the trauma and the PTSD and forgiveness, um, self-care. Um, and then like, what, what about God? Where was he in all this? And what does he think about this? And yes. um, therapy and groups. And so it just kind of is all practical stuff that you, you just need to know going through this journey. Yes. Well, I'm going to talk about God. Um, okay. Yeah. What, I mean, I just... What I guess let, I don't even know what the question is. Where where is God in all this, Brandy? Yeah, so it was funny. I sent out a survey to like hundreds of fellow survivors, and I said like, what one topic would you want to make sure this book covered? And I was expecting because um, it was both like secular and believing audiences. It wasn't um, you know just one or the other. And yeah. So I was expecting like the trauma or grief or whatever. And the number one answer over like overwhelmingly was. Um, Talk about God. Is my loved one in hell because it's like an unforgivable sin? Yeah. Was the number one question. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that answer at all. Um, and then the other one was like, how would God, why would he allow this? If he's a good God, why would he allow it? And so I wrestled with like, do I want that in the book? Do I not? Because it, I don't want to um, alienate anybody who already yes. feels alienated from suicide to yeah. now start talking about God and have him be like, I don't even believe this. This is dumb. So... I wrestled with it, and I just felt God was saying, um, if you speak truth and you're obedient, I'll take care of the rest. And so I finally put it in there, and um, I think it's one of the best chapters, ironically. So Yes. Um, now, I have so a question, question. Before you start with yeah, what the book says about it, for you personally, um, when you were a child, were you a believer? Did you know Jesus? No. Okay. 
I didn't, and um, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't become a um, a Christian until my junior year of high school, um, but that was just totally orchestrated by God, and it was a, a sweet little how it all came about. But um, I think I was so scared after my mom died that I, I didn't feel like I could trust anyone. I didn't feel like I could trust God, and that's always been like a hang-up for me my entire life. Is if He could allow my mom to die, how can I trust Him with anything else? Like that's the most sacred relationship and she's gone and so who who do I trust now and so I think that was a a big hang-up for a long time oh for sure and so your family didn't have faith to kind of navigate through the the pain either so nobody yeah um okay so tell me tell me what you found out like through the (laughs) through this like what would you say to that question now like where was God and what does God think of suicide well, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, to say that he hates suicide, I, I don't think there's like a hierarchy of sin. I think humans like to put this in, like, oh, that one is really bad, and murder's really bad, suicide's horrible. You know, I don't think God's up there like, ooh, that's the unforgivable sin. Like, my cross, my, my son on the cross wasn't good enough for that sin. Right. I don't think that's happening at all. And so we have to look at it like, if it's sin is a sin, then I think it grieves God so much that that loved one had no hope and had no felt like they had nowhere else, like no, nothing else to do. You know, right. they, that was their best of all the worst solutions they could think of. And so um, I think it grieves him just as it grieves us. And so as I was writing it, it got to the point of, you know, the question is, why would God allow this? And I think we have to churn it from why, because we can't answer that question. And we, like, when our hearts are hurting, we can't go to logic. That doesn't really, that yes. doesn't work. Because our minds can't. So... I had to change it from not why did he allow this, but who, like who is going to heal this broken heart? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter why it, it happened. And so, but now I'm left with who, who is going to help me? And he is the only one that can kind of walk through this and heal that brokenness. And um, and so that's kind of where the chapter ended up taking off. And I talk, this is probably the one chapter that I speak the most about my own mm-hmm. personal life. And I didn't really want that to be in the book a ton because, I want it to be able to apply to anybody who's picking it up. But for this one, I just thought, man, I was so scared and so full of trauma after the suicide, after finding my mom alone in that house that day. Yeah. Um, and just being so scared and um, tons of PTSD. And and then looking at the sweet journey that God took me on, on, on the healing of that. That's beautiful. Why do you think that we have that in our heads? I mean, I know for me growing up Catholic, they told us that it was, you know, a terrible sin that can't be forgiven. And then they changed their mind. Like they changed their stance on it. And I'm like, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. There's just so, so much confusion around. I think the way, again, it speaks to why we need this book in this community. I think it's even churches haven't navigated this well. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's just kind of the old school thought, I guess, that it was the the worst thing that you could ever do. Um, and now we're kind of like, wait a second, that's that's not true because, I mean, I can't speak for for the Catholic Church. I don't know. Um, but you know, I think if we look at what God promises and who He says He is, then it doesn't say your sins are forgiven except for one or two. Right. You know. And right. so I think he, I think if we look at his heart and his character, then I think he's just grieving so much with us. No, I, I totally agree. I, I absolutely agree. 
Um, okay, so the the book would be a great book, I'm thinking, for anybody who has a friend who maybe is going through this just to kind of open the door to discussion or just to kind of give them a resource and the website as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been a cool thing because I have people every day writing me um, saying our suicide support loss group here in Kentucky has adopted your book. We, this is what we give awesome. every new member. Oh my gosh! Um, there's been a couple. So yeah, good. there's been a couple like national support groups who contact me and say this is now the group, the book that we tell everyone to go out and buy. So that's been a really cool thing to know that um, the trauma and the devastation that I have gone through is now kind of helping folks go through theirs. You know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And is this why, I mean, when you look back at your life and you think about what you chose as a career, like being a therapist, and do you, is that, is this why? You know what I mean? Can you see it? Like, oh, wow, that's why I ended up doing what I'm doing? I don't know. The funny thing is that my entire career as a, a therapist has been with addictions and codependency, so it had nothing to do with suicide at all. Yeah. Um, and then, it, but when writing the book, I mean, that helped a ton to have that knowledge and to know grief and what that looks like and to you know understand the trauma. And um, so I didn't go into this field for that reason, and I never really talked about it until a few years ago. And then I was like, hey, there's this whole slew of people because there's 117 people every day in the United States alone that die by suicide. And really? So, 117? Yeah, 117. So it works out to be about every 13 minutes um, someone dies by suicide, and 22 of those are veterans every day. Oh. And so it's devastating. And yes. you think of, if you just took it one of those one of those people that died by suicide, think of their immediate family and their extended family and their friends and their neighbors and their coworkers and their church and their yeah. softball team or whatever – Look how many people are impacted by just one person's suicide. Yep. And then you think, oh, my gosh, the, de- the ripple effect, the devastation of that. Um, and so there's millions of us out there, yet nobody really talks about it, so you feel so alone. And so my, my goal in creating the website was, like, you're not alone. Let's just start talking about it. Let's talk about those feelings that you're having and those thoughts. And there's so much guilt. So many survivors feel like, I should have prevented this. I should have known. If I hadn't have left the house that day, they would still be alive. If I had taken them seriously, you know, like whatever right. the guilt is. But this is like the only death that we have that, it's such unique grief. It's the only kind of death that we have that sort of guilt. Right. Um, and so I talk a ton about that in the book as well. Right, like replaying the past and like thinking, huh. if I could have just changed this one thing or if I would have said this. And yeah, that... That's a bit, I, I bet that's a key piece of just um, trying to help people through that. Do you think that the, um, you know how there's a lot of uh, work done in suicide prevention now? Do you think that's helping? Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff that is, is so helpful and the prevention numbers, um, I hope, will go down and down and down the more we talk about it. And there's cool things now like... Um, recognizing that teens aren't going to pick up the phone and make a call. So now there's like texting or um, messaging like lines, suicide lines. Right. Oh, my which gosh. Which is really cool. So you don't have to pick up that phone that weighs, you know, a thousand pounds in your time of, um, you know, your darkest time. And so they're kind of making cool things like that. There's walks all across the country and um, it, there's just cool things for prevention. And so, but there's a lot of lacking on the postvention, which is, you know, after suicide. 
Right. So the if the prevention is working, like, have they seen the numbers come down or do we not know? I'm just, I'm curious because I think, you know, with all the things that we try to do that are great and bring awareness to it, I just, I hope that it is having an impact, but I, sometimes I wonder, you know? Yeah. So I couldn't look at like, I couldn't tell you right off the head, like, oh yeah, this is helping 12%. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure, but I know that there are so many people who have experienced a suicide who then make it their life mission to, like, go and talk to high schools and tell them, like, this is what suicide does, you know, and get help. And there's no shame in that. And people who are going all over, there's so many websites and so many resources for military folks who yes. are coming back from deployment and saying, there's no shame, go, get help, get, you know. And so um, I think if they're just saving one life at a time, then it, it's totally all worthwhile, you know. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's another example. Your story is just such an example of the the way that God can um, bring good out of our pain and you can help other people. Right. Like that. There's so much power in that, because just like in, you know, you mentioned you're in um, addiction and recovery work. A lot of times it's hard to take advice or even talk openly with people who haven't been through what you've been through. Um, yeah. And now, and, and you have been through it. You've walked this road and there's a certain level of respect for what you're going to say because you truly have been there. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's such a difference from just, and so it's hard, I think for the average person who maybe has not suffered this kind of loss to talk to people about it because there might be this feeling of, well, you don't have any clue what I'm going through. Exactly. Exactly. Even if it's like a grief therapist who hasn't experienced a suicide, um, they don't, I don't think they fully comprehend the ongoing amount of questions you have in your mind. Like, what did I miss? What, was I not good enough? How did I, you know, the hindsight is twenty twenty thing. Like, oh, is that why they said that, you know, the, the amount of questions that yeah. a survivor is left with is overwhelming. Right. Like questioning every conversation and wondering, yeah, if you... Yes, I could see that, like kind of replaying what they said and thinking, oh, is that what that meant? Or should I have seen that as yeah. a sign? Totally. Yeah, it's a life's work, I'm sure. I mean, there's never going to be a point where you come to a time where you're like, okay, well, that's all. I'm all done with that. I'm all good. Yeah, I think naively I thought that first go around with therapy for like six years or whatever it was that I'm like, okay, I'm good. We don't ever need to bring this up again. I'm good. I'm at a good place with it. I've forgiven her. You right. know, and then I got married and then that, you know, I kind of mentioned that story earlier. And then I brought three little babies home from the hospital. And then it was like, hey, she's never going to know her grandkids and my my kids are never going to know their grandma. And, you know, there's kind of just ongoing things. Like I went to a few suicide walks, like prevention walks last year. And it was surreal to be, those were my first ones. And it was surreal to be there to be like, I'm here because my mom killed herself. Yeah. That is, that is my story. That's such a. It's surreal to think about it if you really just sit and think about it, but right. And so everyone's there because they have survived someone that they love um, dying by yeah. suicide. Yeah, it's overwhelming. But you're right. There's so much good um, resources now that weren't available before. You know, I think so many people complain about the internet. You know, they complain like, oh, it's you know, people are slinging mud on there. And, um, but there's so much good that it can do as well in connecting us to what we need when we need it. Um, that otherwise sure. wasn't available. So I, I, I always tell people that that's like, um, you know, like the support groups, you're, you're 
so bummed to be there. You're you're sad that you have to be in that seat, but you're so glad that they exist. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Um, well, I know that um, the book, it, it offers hope and encouragement to people. And um, for sure, I'm just, I know that it's such a blessing. I am going to put on the website how people can order it, but I know it's available on Amazon and um, a lot of different, I'm sure you can just kind of get it anywhere, right? Is it in bookstores or do you have to order it online? Right now it's only online, so Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Okay. Um, and, yeah, those are probably the two easiest places for folks to just pick it up. And then and if, there's some, also a, if somebody's listening too. and they say, hey, I really want to get um, into the community, it's called thegiftofsecond.com. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, it's the same, yeah, same title as the book, um, thegiftofsecond.com. And there's, we have a new person writing a story each week about their journey or things that they've discovered has been helpful or stuff they're still struggling with, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, but never in a, um, a desperate, no hope way, always in a like, okay, so this is still a struggle 20 years later, but I also know this is truth or this, you know, it's just yeah. been a really encouraged. And there's hundreds of thousands of people that check out that site all the time. So, so I have a question for you on that because um, you're a writer, I'm a writer. We love that whole piece of it as well. Um, so how do you choose who gets to write a story on there? Do people just send things to you? Yeah, so I either reach out to people or, um, or they send stuff to me. There's a place on the website you can say, hey, submit a story. And then um, I have guidelines that I have people use when they're writing because, one, I want the, the, what they share to be safe. So I never allow any, like, triggering details like this is how my loved one died by suicide it's not important how they died by suicide because okay. it's not their story it's your, your story right so i don't ever any like want anybody to be triggered by reading it um by talking about the perhaps the like the details part. yeah yeah exactly so um and then i just want them to offer like hope and encouragement and so sometimes i, I reject a lot of them that are like <laughs> not in great places because like that's angry. not going to do anybody yeah, or I'm not, I'm okay with angry because that's an actual, that's where we're at, right? Uh -huh. But sometimes they just focus on why they died or um, this was their mental illness and they just focus the whole time on that. I'm like, I'm not here to talk about why they died because we can't change that. I'm here to talk about your journey since the suicide. So let's focus on that. Okay, I love that, like that you've pinpointed exactly what your mission is because otherwise yeah. I think in anything, but especially in this, we could really get off track. Right. And yeah. so um, I love that. So, well, that's a good thing to know because um, there are so many people and I'm praying that somebody listening to this um, and who is in the midst of it will enter in and lean into your community. And but there's also a lot of people who might listen and, and be writers and have a story. And so I love that they have an opportunity at least to maybe um, reach out to you and submit something uh, that might. Yeah. Help and others. a lot of. Yeah, and a lot of people are not writers. Like, most of them are not writers. And so they send it to me, and I just kind of edit it up, you know, take care of the spelling errors and the Oh, that's good to know. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, clean it up. because not everybody's a writer, but they still have a story, right? And so um, yeah. so I just spend some time cleaning it up, and then but not changing any of the content, just, you know, spelling and grammatical stuff. And then they add a picture of their their loved one or them with their loved one or whatever they want to do. Or some say, I don't want a picture, so then I just choose a, you know, a stock image. Yeah. Um, and then, but there's been some really powerful ones where people um, are still finding it and still like, oh, this, I go back to this and read it all the time. And I even shared one of them in the 
the book because it was so impactful to me that somebody wrote. So, Okay, yeah. I love that. Just sharing. Storytelling is just what we need to keep doing. I think um, just we can get so much from it, not only not knowing we're not alone, but um, just that that sense of community, even if it's across the internet or whatever, just feeling like, okay, I can breathe. I can exhale. There's somebody who understands what I'm going through. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I just, I want to ask you, and I know this is like a loaded question and we could probably talk for hours on it, but what would you say God has taught you the most through this part of your journey? I think compassion, to be honest. I think right after my mom died, it was I was so angry, and I just my way of dealing with it was just get on with your life and don't think about it and don't worry about it. You know, just cause yeah. crying is weak, and talking about it means you're just weak. You know, and so mm. I kind of just went through most of my life like that, kind of building up this facade that I don't need anybody and I don't need to talk about my mom's death. Yeah, and then really. As I started uncovering it, even more a couple years ago, um, I had this little health scare and had to go into this crazy, unique, massive surgery. They found a tumor in my carotid artery. And so oh my gosh. as I was going into that, I kept thinking, I can't die because my kids would be without their mom. And I know how horrible that is to be without your mom. And that was my biggest yeah. fear. And um, and then that kind of just started opening up a lot of the stuff of like just having compassion with all these people who know exactly the same pain and devastation that I hid for so long and tried to stuff away. Um, but if we really just talk about it, like, yeah, it's okay to be super devastated that your mom killed herself. It's it's normal. You yeah. know? And um, let's talk about how painful that is and how hurt, you know, you were and how scared you were and how all of these things. And so once you can kind of just have some compassion with yourself, then your whole world kind of opens up and um, you just allow yourself to be compassionate with other people. And it, there's just so much healing that comes from that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I want to ask you, what, what would you recommend that you would, that, so if we know somebody, um, who has, you know, a loved one has died by suicide Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, you're at the funeral or you're at the wake or you're speaking with them after, we don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. What do, what would, what do you say? I mean, do you have any, truly, I feel like that's such a hard thing. And therefore it leads to saying nothing. Mm -hmm. And that leads to more shame and isolation for that person, which is not what we want for these people that we love. Uh, But our own insecurities about language and how to address it and, and all of that is so profound in this case that we often just don't say anything. Right. Which I think is the biggest, biggest mistake you can someone can make so i always i don't know if i i don't think i shared it in the book but when my mom died for that first week up until the funeral um everybody was at our house all the time you know day and night like what can i get you getting meals doing this and that and then the funeral happened and then nothing nobody ever came by again nobody ever talked about it it was like we're going to move on because I don't want to keep bringing it up to you. The reality is you don't have to keep on bringing it up to me for me to know that my mom's dead because there's an empty chair at the table. You know, there's constant reminders all day. So you bringing up, hey, how are you doing today, isn't going to be like, oh, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot that my mom died. (laughs) That's not realistic, right? Right. And so I think the best thing that you could do is call them and say, hey, or stop by. Um, how, How are you doing today? I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. 
I have no idea what would be comforting. I'm sure nothing will be comforting that I say, but I'd love to sit with you. I'd love to be here. I'd love to do anything that I can for you. And don't say, hey, call me if you ever need anything, because they're just never going to call you. Yeah. So you, you just show up, say like, hey, I thought today maybe I'd come over and sit with you. Or I thought I'd come over and help you do your yard work today or your cleaning or, you know, just right. be there. And, and don't assume that after one year it's going to be like, oh, we've moved on now, because that's a huge person in their life that just died suddenly and tragically. Yeah. And it's okay to say, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I have a friend who just lost her son in a car accident um, a couple months ago. Mm. And um, it's been kind of a gift to me to watch her walk through this. And I try to go over there almost every day or every other day just to be with her. Mm -hmm. And um, she says, you know, when the people say, I don't know what to say, that's so much better than the people who say nothing and stay away. Yeah. And um, it's just a constant reinforcement that we got to – you don't go away from someone who's hurting. You go towards them, you know? Yeah. I remember learning once about the ministry of presence. Yeah. And it's just, just be there. Just you Mm -hmm. being there is enough. And you're right. Anything we say isn't going to take away the pain. So sometimes we try to talk too much. Yes. (laughs) You know, and we want to wrap it up in a bow or something like say the right thing and Um, So thank you for that. I think that gives people freedom to just be themselves. And I know that you and I talked a little bit when we first started on the phone about um, the language around it. And I just I would love for you to just explain that um, the verbiage used is that they that a loved one has died by suicide. Right. Yeah. So um, personally, it's not a big deal to me. But um, a lot of folks who have lost someone by suicide, there's a whole community of survivors, you know, online and just in in the walks and support groups, that they don't like the word commit, commit suicide, because, um, you know, the idea is that someone commits um, arson or adultery or burglary or robbery, and these are all um, against the law and things that are crimes. And so their idea is, we don't want that to be attached to our, our loved ones who died by suicide. And so um, that's just kind of the verbiage that they like to use. Um, someone died by suicide or they took their own life, but they just don't like the word commit. Thank you. I think that that's important. I think that a lot of the um, things going on in the world, often we don't talk to each other because we don't know the language and we're afraid we're going to sound like we don't know. And not knowing sometimes we think is the ultimate sin. And I think that... Um, just grace on both sides, understanding if someone's trying to talk to you about it and uses the wrong word, but also trying to be cognizant of what is the right word. How how can I, you know, speak in a language that doesn't offend? Um, because that's ultimately what we want to do, but sometimes we just don't know. So I appreciate you right. like clearing that up. I think that's um, key. All right. Well, I am so excited that you were here to talk to us. This is such an important topic and I'm going to share everything on the website that we talked about, all the links. And I would just love it. Brandy, would you be willing to just say a prayer for um, survivors of suicide that um, just as we close out here, just a prayer for them if they're in this process? Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. Oh God, thank you so much for um, getting to spend this chunk of time over here and talking about, um, talking about you and talking about suicide and talking about the devastation and loss that it creates for those left behind, God. I pray that those who have experienced this or know someone who's experienced this, God, 
that um, you would bring them peace and comfort. And um, there's so many questions and guilt and shame that accompanies this unique loss. And so, um, God, I pray that you would just bring them peace and comfort and um, a community so that they know that they're not alone and that they can find other folks who know and have experienced the same loss, God, um, and know all the questions and the ongoing struggle of what suicide brings. And so um, I pray that the Get the Second can help folks and that um, that you would turn my story into um, a hopeful and encouraging story for others, God, and that, um, that they would see you more clearly through all this. And we um, thank you for this time, and thank you for Sue, and um, yeah, thank yeah. you, God. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Brandy. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you for having me.